And... No! Undisputed USC Bantamweight Champion of the World, Juliana Nose Highland Vixen Juliana Pena, you just shook up the world. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another WT Dub What the Fuckerungo podcast. I'm your host, Raz. I'll be navigating today, and we are doing the card on the weekend the MMA fight, the USC 269. I'm with two awesome people co host Patariki Pat and Hoons. Boys, let's do this. Let's go. The fun of reunited. Yeah, fun has reunited. And man, I've got to say this. USC 269 and pretty much the end of the year. What a banger. What a banger of a card. Um, so many good fights. So many good fights. And that's exactly what we wanted. Guys, what did you think about the card? Before we get into the fights, what did you think about the card as a whole? Oh, man, to end the year, it was one of the best cards of the year. It's a really awesome event. And... I think exceeded my expectations, especially with the cancelled fight of Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. Um, Definitely made up for that loss. And man, yeah, one of my favorite cards. What about you, man? Yeah, a great card. Pay-per-view card. uh, USD 269 to end the year. Yeah, it was exceptional. It was, um, indeed. Now, just before we start, I just want to say this. Bonus awards, fight of the night, Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz, performance of the night, Oliveira, Pena, France, uh, Cutter France, sorry, Sean O'Malley, Taito Avasa, and Bruno Silva. Those are the, all the uh, performance of the night and fight of the night. Man, the bonus awards, I think this is the first time USC is giving, giving a, a lot away, giving a lot of 50 Gs away to people. What did you think about that? The bonus awards. Do you reckon that's a good thing? Pat, start with you. Oh, man, it's always a good thing when the fighters get money. Um, I like to see them, you know, getting as much as they can. And to see so many fighters get a performance of the night bonus, it's great to see. And as far as I'm concerned, it's all well-deserved. I do miss the days of knockout of the night, submission of the night. You know, those awards did sound and feel kind of special and more memorable. But, you know, in terms of performance of the night, this this was a night full of great performances. So, yeah, all well-deserved. Awesome. Hoons, what do you think of it? The same thing. Ditto, uh, Pat. But I agree. I, I think that it's fantastic that, that, that the fighters are getting paid first and foremost. And, yeah, it was, it was that kind of card. I think so, too. So, uh, during this episode, I think we're just going to go through the main card and some of the prelim cards that we talked about in our last podcast uh, about a, a certain fighter. Okay, anyway, let's start with the prelim card, the heavyweight uh, division, tied to Avasa, tied Bam Bam to Avasa versus Augusto Sakai, a KO victory to tie to Avasa. Boys, I'll hand it over to you, Hoons. What did you think of the fight? Oh, it was 
that fight was amazing from Bam Bam. He was patient. He was picking his shots, uh, especially the first round. You watched him. He was moving around. He was stalking uh, Sakai around the octagon. And, but he was more patient. And usually he goes guns blazing before he gets, when he goes into a fight. But no, he was very, very calculated. And then uh, in the second round, when he finally clipped him with, I think it was a left check hook over the top, hit him. And then, yeah, you just saw, yeah, the end, the end was coming. So the end was coming straight away. And, uh, and Bam Bam just put it on him, poured it on him. And yeah, went for the KO and got the KO. Uh, I'm, I'm, it was such an impressive performance from uh, Bam Bam to Avasa, tied to to Avasa. But uh, I gotta say, the the uh, celebration, the shui, ugh, ugh. But still, uh, impressive, impressive victory. Pat, what about yourself, man? What did you think of the fight and tied to Avasa's performance? I think I agree with tied to Avasa, man. He's getting better at the sport. Um, he's getting more crisp with the striking. Well, it's still a bit chaotic, his, uh, his fights, especially in that first round. But man, in that second round, he was really just timing timing his shots. He wasn't just swinging wild like he usually does. He was going in with that right hook. And man, there was a few shots where he got Augustus Sakai really hard. And that one that got him right um, in the middle on the chin... Uh, just knocked Sakai out, out cold, man. If Taito Ivasa can just time his striking, he is like one of the most devastating punches in, in the UFC. I hope he hope he gets a ranked opponent next, man, and he deserves it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Shui uh, myself. Like, I'm never going to partake in any of that kind of uh, behavior. That's what, you know, you Australians do here in New Zealand. You know, we, we drink out of, you know, beer bottles and glasses, not out of footwear. But man, I, I kind of like that gimmick. Every time tied to Ivasa fights, I'm like, you know what? I want him. I want him to do a shoey because that that's a great gimmick, man. And I know he loves it, and the fans love it. And it was great to see at the end of the um fight, just on the top of that cage, just doing that shoey, then going through the crowd and drinking fucking beer out of every um random people's shoes in the crowd, like disgusting behavior, but hilarious nonetheless. Yeah, you know, and I also bring up that he's on a four fight win streak as well. So he's definitely deserving of a uh, even rank, uh, more higher ranked opponent, and he's been he's knocking on the heavyweight door, really. But I agree with Pat. His power, you can if he times it well, he can knock out anybody. Exactly. Well said, boys. Well said. And I gotta admit, man, that uh, entrance that he made, that Barbie girl, classic. I missed that. It was so. It was so good. He came out to Barbie Girl? Oh, man. <laughs> he did, man. He did. He did, did he? indeed. Yeah, he did. And it's, it's just so funny because that's the type of character he is. And also um, that Shui, man, that that is a hit. That The crowd was going bananas when he won. And then after some random guy threw his shoes and then threw, his, uh, threw a beer at him. God, man, like, yeah, you know, we think it's disgusting, but it's entertaining, to say the least. He's charismatic. He is like star power written all over him. And if he w- works his way to a title shot, there's a lot of money for him to, to be made because he's definitely got that star quality. Eh? People love him. And I love to see him representing the um, indigenous flag at the end too. Yeah, and that's it. And it's, it's awesome to see that uh, the indigenous flag uh, flying there. So all credits are tied to Avasa. Now let's move on, eh? Let's move on to the next fight, the bantamweight, former UFC bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz defeats Petro Munoz. 
and a decision. Boys, I know how, how much we love the Dominator. How good was he? Pat, I'll start with you this time. Man, the, the Dominator was good, all right, man. He, that was, it was classic Dominant Cruise, but also another step in his evolution because you got to admit, like, time kills us all. And he is getting older. Um, you see Dominant Cruise, he's not moving as much as he used to. Like those old school Dominant Cruise fights, just constant movement, pushing the pace for the entire fight. Whereas with his Dominant Cruise, he's definitely just more steady, uh, bides his time, but he he's still throwing out those feints, doing tremendous head movement and footwork. He is just, yeah, he's, he's still top of his game, man. He's still at the top of that bantamweight division as far as I'm concerned. Just, yeah, the comeback he did because he lost the first round. He got <laughs> he got knocked down twice in devastating fashion. Yeah. And I was so concerned that he was actually going to, you know, they were going to stop the fight. And then um, just with intelligent defense, man, he just grabbed grabbed Pedro Munoz's leg, was able to recover, um, get to his feet. And then the next two rounds was just classic Dominator, man, just uh, dominated with, um, with striking and um, footwork and head movement. It was just amazing to see. Ernst, yourself? I was about to say, I was about to say with Pat, I was like, uh, the 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 first round, Petro won that first round easily, especially with the two knockdowns. And just like you, that um, intelligent, intelligent IQ in the octagon, grabbing that single leg, making sure that he was trying to avoid damage. But I'm with you. I thought today, I was hoping that they wouldn't stop the fight because that, that's what that's how he lost against Henry Cejudo was that I felt like that it was stopped way too early and uh, and it just showed you that Domin Dominic Cruz's chin can hold you know up he definitely can hold it uh, during the fight and his chin held out but but the second and third round oh yeah head movement slipping punches the footwork agreed with you Pat is like you, you see him uh, an older Dominic Cruz. Where like if, yeah, if he was younger, uh, he's pushing the pace all the way through. Like he ain't stopping. He ain't. He's definitely moving. He's always moving around. But this one was a bit more. Okay, he was stationary. Then he wasn't there. You know, and and you could tell because it, it was like he picked up the pace in the second uh, second round for sure. So uh, Munoz will try and hit him with a, a one two combos where dominate dominate was doing three four five, you know, six punches, and then got out of there. And, uh, and he was just connecting. He was connecting on nearly every combo that he was doing when whilst he was using his foot movement, got in, got in the pocket, one, two, three, four, five, six. And you just see those beautiful combinations. He let his hands go. And yeah, and it was a great victory from Dominator. And and to, to overcome adversity as well. But I'm a huge fan of him. So uh, we're all huge fans of him. We're so impressed. Oh man, and I love his game too. He's always making his opponent second guess what he does. He's just throwing out feints, moving back. Um, you just don't know what he's going to do. I love him mixing in the takedowns too. He got like an awesome ankle pick yep. takedown. And just moving in, just changing it up. That guy, he's still one of the smartest fighters in the octagon. And he's showing it. Did you know that uh, Dominator's only lost title fights? He's never lost uh, a fight outside of the title. Pretty impressive. So he's beaten everybody. Yeah, no, yeah, awesome take boys that's exactly the way i saw it as well he's also got punching power while you know the accuracy that he connects with and the speed of it like you know you got to respect his power because if you get clipped enough 
you're going to get uh, you're going to get laid out. So uh, I think he got Petro's um, respect in that whole fight as well, and that's why, just like you guys were saying, man, just his fight IQ is just through the roof. So, what do you think uh, next for the Dominator, uh, Corey Sanhagen? You think? Well, uh, well, I, I have uh, like it just personally for me, um, Pat. I, I did hear that Jose Aldo could be one a contender against. So the Dominator versus Jose Aldo, I'd like to see it. I like it. I like it. I think it would be good. Uh, two two former champs going up against each other. And uh, Jose Aldo has been on a tear as well, you know? So, oh, man. I love this bantamweight division. I'm just thinking about it now. There's like stacked. TJ Dillashaw, Jose Aldo, Corey Sanhagen, Peter Yan. Uh, stacked. Stacked to the gills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yes, exciting time for bantamweight division then. All right, guys. Let's move on to the main card. Okay, first up was the bantamweight division. Sean O'Malley defeated Piva with a TKO. Boys, what did you think of that fight? The first fight on the main card. Uh, it was a classic Sean O'Malley fight. Fighting a guy who's unranked, getting a flashy knockout, highlight reel knockout. He's able to, you know, do his, um, his pose at the end, his uh, basketball shot, uh, do a crazy interview, look, do his... Conor McGregor, wannabe shtick. He's getting attention and all, but I think he's got to start fighting some names, you know? It's great padding your record, but this ain't boxing, man. This is MMA, and the best fight the best in the UFC, and I think he's got to fight He's got to fight someone soon, otherwise we're just going to get tired of this shit, and you know, I'm impressed, man. You're doing uh, You're doing um, highlight reel shit, but yeah, you got to, you got to get some names on your record. What do you think, Ra? Yeah, well, man, I did watch this fight too. Um, I think we predicted it like another knockout, easy knockout, because it's an unranked guy. You haven't really proven, like, if you really want to be a show, prove it to the best. And we were just talking about in the, the last the last fight that we were talking about, Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz, the, uh, how stacked it is. Man, first, first someone in the top 10, prove yourself. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of people are on the hype train. Other than that, man, flashy knockout. Yeah, like you said, he got his... Uh, he got his he's he got his 15 minutes of fame so and it's not like and, and it's not like bantamweight is short of any contenders or names as we just said yeah you're right it's stacked um i know what they're doing the ufc are just trying to build this guy up but it feels like it's mvp and bellator it's going to get to the point where no one's going to care if you just keep beating beating nobodies he's got to beat a name soon otherwise yeah it's the the hype train is going to stall yeah, not a prove fan. yourself. Prove, 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 prove yourself. That's that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I'm not a fan. I think you're shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So, should we move on? Let's move on. Of course, we're move gonna on. move on because at the next fight, and we were all invested in this fight. Kai Kara France defeated Cody No Love Garbrin. So, Kai Kara France, what a knockout! Just before I hand it over to you guys, I just want to have a quick rant, a quick one. I don't really want to diss another podcast, but I'm dissing him anyway. Because one particular podcast said that Kai Carter France has a chinny chin. That's what he said. He has a chinny chin, so he has a suspect chin. Is that what you're trying to say? He is the epitome, that, that particular person that said that is the epitome of a guy that came in when Conor McGregor brought in casual fans, doesn't know his stuff or doesn't know his shit. 
So that particular person, know your stuff, man. Because the last time Kaikara France got knocked out was back in 2011 and 12, and he wasn't even in the USC. So, dude, know your shit before you start dribbling your mouth. But anyway, let's carry on. Wait, Sorry, wait, guys, wait, wait, wait. I have to bring that up. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Pat. Yeah, I'm with Pat. Who's this? <laughs> yeah, who oh, is no, this? It's, a, it's a particular podcast that I was watching, and then, and then after he was saying bullshit, really about Kaikata France and saying that Cody Garbrandt like should be able to knock him out easy. And he doesn't even know that how elite this guy is. And he's part of city kickboxing. What an idiot. That's all I've got to say. That's why I'm ranting because I want to make sure that Kaikata France knows that bro, people are talking shit, but man, I got your back. That's what I'm trying to say. WTW's got your back. All right. Yeah. But would we yeah. know this podcast or is this just a random? Yeah. Oh, Do we well, know this podcast? I don't know if you guys, it's, it's it's something to do with pub podcast or whatever it is. Yeah, it's got it's got a few view. Uh, it's got a yeah, you know. I think people know about it. Okay. So yeah, just a. I just wanted to rant there because yeah, it's a, like a, like we were saying, casual fans. And by the way, these guys like the sugar O'Malley. So yeah, that's how much that we think uh, about. Yeah. So that's that's how how low their IQ is in fighting uh, and watching the fights. But anyway. Boys, a wonderful <laughs> KO, a wonderful KO. Man, what did you think of our fellow New Zealander coming out with Poirier? Man, a hit yeah. song in New Zealand. Boys, take it away. Pat, I'll start with you. Oh, man, I have some thoughts on this yeah. fight. But I'm also thinking about the potential podcast beef that we're going to have with this other podcast. And I'm going to be um, too curious and not ask you what that channel is after this show. But yeah, yeah. man, Kaikara France is the is the man he's representing new zealand hard on sleeve he was a freight train just completely um demolished cody garbrandt and man i'm a cody garbrandt fan i i I think he's an awesome fighter his um fight with dominic cruz is one of my um all-time favorite fights uh at the top of his game he was so impressive with his head movement and boxing i was it's a shame to see um a guy that i was so excited to watch fight kind of fall from grace this hard and let's be honest he's fallen on hard times now um going down to flyweight which kind of like set a bit of doubt in my mind to see if he could actually do it didn't work out for tj i didn't think it would work out for cody either and kai Kata proved it knocked him down man first round tko all it did was just set kai cutter up for a potential um title shot and yeah i hope he gets that next great great work Hoons, what about yourself, our fellow Maldi? Go for it, brother. What did you think of the fight? Oh, man. I was just hyped. I was hyped as when he came out with Poirier. We all grew up on that song. And I, I was, I went to the closest pub or tavern uh, here in Australia and to, to go and uh, watch the fights, the main card. And I was the only one. It was a quiet pub. And I was the only one. I was so invested into this fight because, yeah, not only one, he fellow Kiwi. Two, he's a Maori. Three, he walked out with Poirier. And four, yeah, fuck that, man. I was so hyped. I just said to everyone, uh, and you could just hear me cheering like, yeah, come on, Maori. And uh, it was beautiful combinations too. Uh, Kai, Kai really proved that uh, that city kickboxing, the city kickboxing uh, striking, is another level. If they get it right, City Kickboxing has proven that they are elite strikers. And Cody really thought he could knock out 
Kai. And when he got caught with that, I think it was a, was that the overhand right, and you just see Cody fall back and, and felt the power of Kai. Oh, man. It was awesome. Amen. And then Kai was just calculated by his time. Cody went for the takedown to try and recover. Didn't matter. Uh, Kai just sprawled, like started hammer twisting yeah, and uh, on the ground and then got, got him back up, picked his shot, one, two, three, four, five, and then just got him out of there, got him out of there. And um, so proud. I'm so proud of Kai. Uh, that, that fight really proved that he is the number one contender for the next title shot. He is. He should be given that opportunity to fight whoever wins in, a, in the next flyweight title shot or title fight that he's number one contender now. Well, that's exactly right, guys, man. Kai Kata France, what a performance. Kai, that was that was just such a beautiful, it's, like you guys said, he took his time and just pretty much pounded Cody. But the one thing that I didn't, like like you said, we're fans of Cody, no love, you know, a beautiful performance against Dominic Cruz, one of our favorite fighters as well. But honestly, Cody looked past Kai. In the press conference, he wasn't even worried about Kai. He was too busy with Sean O'Malley talking, you know, just looking past Kai. And like Kai said, you know, I loved it. And the weigh-ins said, don't worry about Sean, worry about me because I'm going to show you. And you just can't come down the flyweight and reinvent yourself and thinking that you can dominate because you think you're fast? Well, everyone's fast down here. And that's exactly what Kai said. And he proved it. He proved it with combinations, like you said, guys said, that, that overhand right, that while it was, a, it was a setup jab and an overhand right, that jab was never intended to actually connect. It was that overhand right that was meant to connect. And then once he got that, it was the beginning of the end. And then after that, just a beautiful sprawl, well, just beautiful combinations. And then those uppercuts and then the last right hand to end it all. It was her, Dean, that was the referee. So uh, I was, uh, he, he made the right decision, I think, anyway. So, and, and if you guys heard our last podcast, if you guys heard it, Pat and I were like, we're concerned about her, Dean, and his decisions at the moment. But Mark Goodard with the Dominic Cruz one, beautiful performance as a referee. Yeah. Just want to give a shout out to him. But um, yeah. yeah, Kai Carter, man, like uh, Cody, Kai Carter could have, um, Kai Carter France could have potentially retired Cody potentially retired him and i don't care what anybody says that is that's a a beautiful two first round knockouts and against a former champion uh he was the underdog kai kata knocked him out kai kata france was the not like the underdog knocked him out beautifully deserves the title shot in my opinion deserves it that's a, good, that's a good point too i forgot um when that fight started and i saw herb dean was a ref i was getting worried for kai kata i was like oh man i hope he doesn't get screwed over or you know the fight gets stopped early yeah. for him but now nah, i'm glad it worked out for him and yeah i'm really impressed with the overhand right you know flyweights they always talk shit about flyweights not having power but this guy just proved it you can knock people out of their weight class and knocking out a former bantamweight champion come on that's one of the you know one of the best examples of power right there that's exactly right. easily too when everyone when everyone underestimated them underestimated kai and uh, everyone, everyone except obviously except New Zealand. And actually, I must admit too, when I was at the at the closest pub and tavern watching it, even the Australians were backing them. So you know that Anzac spirit was alive, and everyone wanted them to win, uh, wanted Kai to win. And 
Yeah, it just proves it, man. Like, you, just because they're flyweights doesn't mean that they don't have the knockout power. And especially with a, with a nickname, uh, Don't Blink, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, that's exactly right. And also from an elite, elite gym too. And you just look at all the fighters that are in that gym or who is a part of it. You, you can see how hyped they were too when Kai defeated him as well. Um, if you guys haven't seen, Izzy's page says it all. So go and uh, watch it, watch his reaction and watch. And he said to everyone, he was going to knock him out and it's a title shot. And I agree with him. Okay, guys, let's move on to welterweight division. The next fight, Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzibio. Ponzibio? I don't know. Ponsibio. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it was a split decision and Jeff Neal won that. So guys, what did you think of that fight? Yeah. Yeah, no, Jeff Neal won. I, I thought he won round, uh, I think it was close round one, but round three, I thought he, he did enough to get that split decision win. I actually called it too. So I went outside um, just after the fight and I said, Jeff Neal split decision. And I thought that uh, those beautiful combos in the third round really solidified Jeff Neal that win. And I know some people thought it was controversial, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Knowing the fight game as long as we have, especially MMA, and watching USC, Jeff Neal does have that. And his and it was the best because his coach was the reason why. His coach told him, like, you've got to, you got to go for it, man. you got to give me this third round. <laughs> and I just loved it. Eh? I love that. I love when coaches don't hide anything. Because he, he was not impressed with Jeff Neal in the second round. Because he lost that round. Yeah, I completely agree. Those first two rounds were pretty close. And I remember looking at the striking stats. There was just uh, two or three significant strike difference between uh, the first two rounds. I think Pons and Nibio might have uh, squeaked by with those stats. Yep. But yep. Um, I was actually um, chatting to you um, during the um, <laughs> in between rounds between the second and third A, eh, um, Hoons. And man, his uh, yep. Jeff Neal's coach was fired up, man. And man, he got me pumped. Like he made me want to go out there and just go, fuck you, yeah, I'm going to fuck someone up. The way he was just like, I've never seen a coach just uh just say it straight say it honest but sort of just went all out on this fighter and said you got to fucking win this fight and you know what all yeah. credit to jeff neil he went out there and he um he won that he won that third round and won won it convincingly i thought the third round yeah and yeah got that split totally agree with you pat and that was so hilarious when we were both just going backwards and forwards between those rounds because the coach was the one reason why we we caught it straight away that was that was what we were saying uh during the fight uh, now, shall we move on? Sure, let's yeah, do let's it. On. Let's, let's do it. The main event. Now, the co-main oh event. <laughs> oh my goodness. People, if you don't know how big this is, this wow. is huge. Juliana Pena defeats Amanda Nunes by submission rear naked choke. If you guys don't understand, boys, tell them what just happened. Now, Hearns, go for it. The floor is yours. The, the, the magnitude, you know, the magnitude of what happened in that fight. She, she caught it. I've got to give it to Juliana Pena. She caught it. The Venezuelan Ferguson, she said that women that have gone in to uh, fight the GOAT are, have already lost before they even get in the octagon, which is true. Every, every fight that Amanda Nunes has been in, uh, 
yeah, they've already lost before they even got there. And the Venezuelan fixing said that I'm not scared. I've been wanting this fight since I've started winning, you know, or I wanted this fight. You are my target. She said, I'm not going to take a back step. That first round, Amanda, Amanda did what she usually does. And I thought, oh, okay. And took her down and basically controlled her. But I must admit that Juliana's Pena's um, defense, fantastic on the ground. Her, her technique of grabbing, uh, I think it was a, uh, with her uh, using her legs and securing that one of Amanda's legs and just defending that, defending the ground time that Amanda was trying to pour on, especially with ground and pound. Uh, I thought, oh, okay, it's going to be an easy Amanda Nunes win. Like, to me, I gave no credit to Juliana Pena. I thought it was going to be a one-way street. I thought it was going to be a KO or a submission. And then on the, in the second round, the way that she poured it on Amanda, and Amanda was gassed. Man, Amanda got gassed in that first round. And then the, it was the jabs. It was the right-hand jab. Always on the money. Always on the money against Amanda. That's what started turning the tide. And then the combos, the, the one, two, three, the one, two, three, and then started landing on Amanda. Oh, that was beautiful. And you could actually tell that Amanda was getting... Uh, uh, Amanda was getting hurt on the feet, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was doing. She she just didn't take a back step. Julianne never took a back step, took her, and then once she landed that uh, rear naked choke, because she is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt as well, got that rear naked choke and ended my face. I think I was the only one in there. I'm like, oh my fucking god, what the fuck just happened? Like it was amazing, and uh, Pat and I were just going backwards and forwards during that fight, going, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" Um, yeah, now I was so highly impressed, and I just loved it. I give credit when credit is due, and Juliana, I am very sorry for even doubting you. So it was a fantastic fight. All right, Pat, what what are you, man? What yeah. about you? Man, that, that was a good analysis, Hoons, and I just got to say, um, this uh, was amazing. One of the probably the greatest upset in ufc yep. history i was i had to look up the greatest upsets in ufc history just to remind myself of what there is and obviously the matt sarah george st pierre fighters up there. Yep. That, that's probably up there as one of the greatest um upsets in ufc history uh you have the chris weidman and anderson silvers you also have uh, rock hold versus bisping that was a huge upset obviously but I think the way it was where you've got Amanda Nunes, who has just been the queen of two divisions for so many years, and no one gave uh, no one gave Juliana Pena, outside of her training camp, a chance in hell to win this fight. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> I didn't give her a chance in hell. In the no. preview in the last episode, I so said true. Amanda is the GOAT, and she's going to defend that belt. And I've got to say, I am. I was wrong. Amanda, um, Juliana Pena proved us all wrong. And it's great to see. I remember first seeing her on The Ultimate Fighter with Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate back in 2013. And she was training with Misha Tate. And when I saw Misha Tate in the crowd, so happy for her, that was that was a nice moment because she was the uh, she was her Ultimate Fighter coach. I just didn't expect it, honestly. I was watching that fight in awe, just um, messaging you guys going, what the fuck is happening? Um, somehow someone is punching Amanda Nunes and she's getting hurt. The reaction on her face every time Juliana Pena landed with those jabs was so surprising to me. I just couldn't believe that another woman was able to hurt her. She was, uh, Pena was dominated in that first round and um, survived, but in that second round, it was all her man. And 
I just wish I put some money on this because it would have been so great. <laughs> <laughs> it was, <laughs> if it, I, I should have put money on this 20 bucks. I never want to see again. Yeah. I would have got a decent payout for that because the odds were so stacked against Juliana. I'm happy for yeah. her, man. And yeah, it's great. Great moment in UFC. Honestly, I love moments oh, like that. Actually, actually just, just, Hoods, I'll just put this. I did hesitate just a little bit. Hesitate. I was like, uh, and then after I was like, nah, it's a one-way horse race. So even I have to apologize <laughs> to Juliana Pena because that was beautiful. Just beautiful. Before we move on to the uh, main <clears throat> event, any more about the, the co-main event fight? I think it Anything else to say? I think it is the greatest upset in UFC history. I think it's. Uh, I think it was GSP Matt Serra, and now it's uh, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. I think it will be remembered in the future as the greatest upset. Yeah, that is number one now, and we're seeing a lot, a lot of upsets during our time. But God damn, man, that was so. Oh, I'm still in awe of that. Fight. Yeah, I just <laughs> loved it. I love the story like that. I love the story like yeah. that. And for you listeners out there. We're, we're, we're in awe and we're talking like that because it, it's the magnitude of it. Like, if you guys don't know who Amanda Nunes is, look her up and look how dominant she's been for years. Yep. And, and that will tell you why that we're just, we, we're, we're just going nuts about it. But anyway, ladies, guys, you know what? Let's move on to the main event. Now, it's, a light, it's for the lightweight championship. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Charles defeated Dustin in a submission rear naked choke. A standing rear naked choke, by the way. Pat, I'll start with you. Man, how did you see it? What is your thoughts on it? Oh, it was a great fight. Charles Oliveira, a uh, long road to the title and finally won that lightweight championship. I think he was uh, 10 and 8 in his uh, first 18 fights. And in his last 10 fights, he's been 10 and 0. He's just been amazing. It's uh, been a run. And I got to say that in that Chandler fight, I, I had my doubts because he was uh, hurt early in that fight and came back, showed some heart. But in this fight, he kind of weathered the storm as well. He had to, um, he had to push through um, some hard shots that Dustin had. Dustin um, definitely had a power advantage in the striking area. But as uh, Charles Oliveira proved, He's got the heart of a champion, man. He survived. And in those second and third rounds, he changed the game up, went to the grappling, got a body lock on Dustin, took him down and just wore him down. Dustin even said he was just trying to survive that second round. He was just on his back with a body triangle, just waiting out the time because he just knew Charles was too good on the ground. And um, in that third round, Charles just wore him down to that submission. And I've got to say, um, as good as um, Charles Oliveira is on the ground, as he proved it with that submission, that first round wasn't exactly one-sided as well. He was doing some really good strikes against um, Dustin Poirier. Those knees, the jumping knees he was throwing were devastating. He really had some good striking, some jabs. It was, it was, he's actually really a well-rounded fighter. He proved me wrong. I actually thought I had Dustin in this fight. I really thought... Dustin is really um, a well-rounded fighter and um, just a game fighter. And people have doubted Oliveira's heart in the past, but you can't doubt it now, man. That guy is one of the toughest fighters and he's proved it. He's been in the sport for so long. We saw him as a kid and now he's a, he's a man and he's, <laughs> he's actually t um, become a tough fighter in front of our eyes. And yeah, he's the true lightweight champion now. All respect to him. Yeah, yeah. 
Hoons, what is your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that uh, actually, I must commend you too, because uh, you called it. You said Charles Oliveira for the win. You were going to backtrack, but you stuck strong with Oliveira, and Oliveira proved why he's such a dangerous fighter, all round, all round fighter. Yeah, and I agree with Pat. In that first round, although he got, um, although he did get clipped and he did get hurt in that first round, but I agree with Pat. The, those um, those knee strikes, the combinations on the feet, he was more rounded where Dustin only had the one <clears throat> the one dimensional striking where Oliveira proved that he can not only can he punch but he can uh, throw other different strikes like elbows or knees and uh, even the leg kicks <clears throat> I was a bit surprised that Dustin didn't use leg kicks more often in that fight considering that he uh, that he used it against Conor McGregor as well but uh, yeah Nothing really else to really add too much, but Charles Oliveira, beautiful, beautiful game plan in the second round. Took him down. There was nothing Dustin could do. And I was wondering why Dustin wasn't trying to explode out of it. But yeah, yeah, it, well, it just proves that how dangerous he is on the on the ground. And true champ, true heart, true champ, a warrior. He deserves to be the lightweight champ. Yeah, Charles Oliveira ain't no Conor McGregor, man, because uh, Dustin was exactly. he was nervous uh, throwing those lead kicks because he knew what would happen. He would be on his back, and that's what happens in the second round. And with Conor McGregor, that wasn't a threat. But with Charles Oliveira, he's a dangerous man on the ground, and you can't do that shit, eh? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And thanks thanks for that. Thanks for that acknowledgement, uh, Hoons. Yeah, I did back <laughs> Charles. And if you guys don't believe it, Go and uh, go to our previous uh, previous <laughs> podcasts on the Font Auto podcast, and I actually said that Charles will win. The reason why is that I knew he was dangerous on the ground as well, and that's why because I just knew that if he could pressure Dustin enough and mix up his strikes at the same time, Dustin ain't gonna put him down on the ground. He ain't gonna wrestle with him because he knows he knows for a fact that if he does, he could potentially get worn down and get submitted and charles yeah he delivered delivered the goods for me man like uh, i was uh, i was very impressed by by his performance and he has a heart of the champion like the boys said dustin poirier i think charles watched the, the fight against habib with dustin knowing that if i if i get him down i can submit him and that's exactly what happened but it was a standing it was a standing submission so uh, rear naked choke, but that's one of his signature moves as well. And he goes in for the kill. But yeah, man, I just uh, I was so impressed. He he is a true lightweight champion. And I, I hear the noise about people, you know, dissing Dustin, especially Conor McGregor. I saw I saw some noise about dissing Dustin, like you know, embarrassing and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, you can't talk much because you lost to him twice. So don't yeah. talk, dude. Your wrestling sucks. You were no threat to Dustin, um, but yeah, all the noise in that. But Dustin Poirier even said um, he's going to donate $20,000 $20, to Charles uh, for any charity that he chooses. So what it just shows you the guy, you know, what type of guy Dustin is. Yeah, nice, but very impressed. I don't know. So guys, what's next for both fighters? Just a quick one. What's next for them? Pat, I'll start with you. I think Gaethje is lined up for the next title shot. Obviously, there's Islam Makachev, but I think as good as Islam is, I think he just needs to fight that top contender before he gets the title shot. 
So yeah, Gaethje is lined up. I know I'm probably going to fuck it up again and probably pick the wrong guy, but if it's Gaethje and Oliveira, I'm going to go for my boy Gaethje because I just, I just like that guy so much. And I don't think he's going to be scared to throw leg kicks. I've never seen Gaethje too scared to throw leg kicks in any, in any fight. And his wrestling defense is amazing. Like, I think it's better than Poirier's. So I can't imagine Oliveira getting a body lock on Gaethje and taking him down like he did to Dustin. So I might be calling it early, but I think there might be another lightweight champion and Charles Oliveira will enjoy that belt until he fate faces the, the highlight, the highlight Gaethje here. <laughs> Okay, good. Well said, Pat. Hoons, what about yourself? What's next? Or oh, what's next for Dustin? And, uh, you know, Charles looks like it is Gagey. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Pat's calling it really early. He's calling it really early. He had to make me laugh then. <laughs> um, hey, man, Charles Oliveira's proving why he's a, he's a true champ, Pat. So you're calling it then, calling it early. But uh, I, think, I think that uh, Gagey's uh, leg kicks are more devastating anyway. If he if he connects those leg kicks, whew, better watch out. But Oliveira is proving that he that he can take punishment. He can take punishment and dish it out just as much. Uh, I, I'm interested to see uh, that fight next. And yeah, Makachev, Islam Makachev. Uh, yeah, nah, he he's still he's got a maybe maybe Dustin, maybe a Dustin Poirier for the next fight. Good point. I think that. Good point. Yeah, I think that that will prove whether if you can be at that top level or not. And I would like to see that. I would like to see Sambo versus Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, if, if uh, Oliveira can get through the next uh, title defense, I wouldn't mind seeing that. And Makachev actually can beat Dustin. Because we just, yeah, it just proves that uh, if Dustin can clip you, yeah, you're, you're going to go out. And Gaethje is one of them that he did clip and took him out of <laughs> So we'll see, man. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Lightweight's always been a, a division of killers. And... It's just, it's amazing that after the retirement of Habib Namagamel, uh, you just see it. it's still, still going, you know, it's still, still a killer uh, division, that lightweight division. Lightweight's so, so clean right now. It's got so mm, many contenders lined up, well, ready for that title shot. And the door's yep. open. The door's wide open. Anyone can beat anyone. It's wide open, but Charles Oliveira is proving, uh, proving it wrong that he's going to shut the door on um, people so far. He's doing a good well, job. <laughs> that's exactly right. And and we'll, we'll have to wait and see because Habib was so dominant for so long and pretty much no one could even come close to him. But anyway, guys, we're going to have to call it a, a day. This is the end of our podcast from us. What the fuckerungo podcast, the Fano, us three again. Thank you very much and see you later. Thank you guys for listening to WTW, What the Whakarongo Podcast. It's been enjoyable to have you guys along in this journey with us. So follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. And you know what? More importantly, follow us on Spotify and click on that bell so you get the notifications when our next podcast are out. Until then, see you on the next podcast. Later. Later.